0: Welcome to the Midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week. We got the regular crew, Kyle Wonders. Hello. Robbie Croyle. Hello. Pierre Bartlett. Hi. Of course, me, Logan coming at you with the footnoty goodness uh we're gonna start her off with a little bit of uh shortcoming action like normal um however this is not really out of the service this was uh about 30 seconds before service oh yeah speaking of occurred. high Two minutes it was a
1: it was a minute and 42 seconds there a minute and 42 <laughs> seconds was
0: that when i was posting it or i feel like that's when you guys started
1: that's true. We had started a minute for you so, too. So uh
0: these two Yahoos, Jen and hey. Kyle, started waving back and forth. And you might have caught this if you followed the Mission Ridge Instagram page. Uh if you don't, then you should because what fun that would be when I do remember to post things. Um however, however, I thought in my <clears throat> Sitting there with my bass ready to go, and I'm thinking to myself, this would be a fantastic opportunity to throw a little something on the page, remind people that they should be at church or they should tune in online or something. Hey, we exist. Look at us. Social media. And so I recorded the two of you waving back and forth. And we're it was and really quite funny.
2: For a solid minute, we, yeah.
1: a minute and 42 it. seconds. Yeah. And we you know, went
0: I got it pretty much the up, whole time. And I, I did a, a, little, a little story. Yeah. So 15 seconds or so of of y'all waving back and forth, and then I I, uh, I I put a caption on there of Kyle and Jen are ready to say hi to you when you come to church or something like that. <laughs> um, however, I was typing quickly because the countdown was going fast and yeah. uh, wasn't. I don't know if I misspelled it or it auto-corrected or I don't know what happened, but somehow hi h i the common abbreviated form of hello. Became high,
3: H-I-G-H,
0: as in height or a drug reference.
1: (laughs) You could have said like a building,
0: yeah, cliff,
1: but you went drugs.
0: Well, I mean, that because that was every bit of feedback that I got on that. I had multiple people send me messages, Hmm. they were like. And so I, you know, I thought that was rather funny. And then I just put a disclaimer.
2: (laughs) I mean, we
4: didn't want to generate some, uh, you know, some interaction. Yeah, Yeah. that's what
0: it was. The problem was they all just texted me. So it wasn't actually account (laughs) interaction, but whatever. I'll take it. People are watching, at least, kind of to watch me fail. It's Mm -hmm. fine.
4: I do think if they text you instead of, you know, message you right back on Instagram, that they're actually.
0: Helping you save some face.
1: That might be. It was for PR purposes yeah. that I informed you of your misspelling.
0: That's true. It was good. That was good. Uh, I, You were the first, oh. actually. Uh, and then closely, close second was Gus. Thanks, Gus. <sighs> Even though I know you'll never hear this unless Brent decides to cut it and put it into our Slack channel. <laughs> so then hi, Gus, because now Brent's going to
1: do this. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> anyway,
0: this got really meta, breaking all kinds of fourth wall, because I'm going to hear myself in about a week from now. Anyway, um, so that was your shortcoming. Logan can't spell quickly before the countdown is done.
4: I would think you'd use less letters when
0: there's I, less like, time. I don't know how I did that. I don't
2: know let's blame technology it autocorrected for you I don't know <laughs> I sound like Jerry Seinfeld it's fine
0: alright oh. <clears throat> well now that we've talked about things that were high uh, <laughs> up high let's talk about things that are down low like uh, sod or sewed so. that we got from our boy Ron see that was a segue for the ages right there
2: that was something that was,
4: mm, that was, <laughs> that was beautiful well done, Logan. <laughs> so Ron came up to me after first service, and, and we were talking about the, the parable of the uh, mustard seed. And he said, you know, one time I was reading through that, and I felt like God was saying to me, you think that you're a plant, or you see yourself as a plant, and you want to become this tree, and you think that's impossible. He says, "But it's not impossible, with me." And this was something that, the, he felt God shared with him. And I'm like, "Oh, that is sowed. Mm-hmm. That is sowed." So we have we have these moments in life where we feel like we're in this, we're, we're in spot X. We need to be in spot Y. But in order to be in in that next spot, we're gonna have to become something that we're not. Like like maybe an executive pastor to a senior pastor or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're like, I I can't become that. How, how I can't get from here to there except for this parable says otherwise. That's good. I just thought that was a cool moment. I love it when God speaks to and through people and teaches me things.
0: Yep. That's a fantastic Peshat level, sort of interpretation of, of what's going on there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Fan, I like it. keep fantastic. reading your Bibles, friends. That is the moral of that story. Fantastic. All right, uh, from the uh, from from the surface level there, at the sod level. <laughs> Just playing that one to death.
3: <laughs> uh, we're going to
0: dive right into the juicy center of the chiasm, deep oh. down into the heart.
4: Only the Peshawd is the uh, surface level.
0: Yeah. Well, but the sod was the ground th- the sod being. Not sewed. Sod. Oh. I'm, d- I'm making a terrible <laughs> pun.
2: He's working so hard for It's, it's okay.
0: Rob was already down at the depths of the, the center of the chiasm, working on the juicy inside, so that one went over his head.
4: I just figured, you know, there's two ways of saying there's so many different ways of saying these these <laughs> words and I was not catching your sod no sod <laughs> reference. Oh, that's all right. <coughs> oh sweet Jesus.
2: <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now.
4: <laughs> Please come now.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, speaking of Jesus coming again. Let's talk about <laughs> the center of the chiasm. Uh-oh, I broke Jen. <laughs> oh, my
3: God.
0: <laughs> all right, so the center of this chiasm. That's we we it. had this fantastic graphic made by somebody obviously super talented with their left hand. That's the all I got to say about that one. Eschatological uh, with eschal- transition. Eschal- eschatological uh, transition? No. It's got implications of eschatology, possibly. would be fantastic. Anyway, so we got this graphic, and... Uh, if you noticed on the graphic, you know, the the outside parables were connected and then the two the next two inside and then the next two inside and right in the middle there was these couple of red colored words. Yeah. Explanation or the why and explanation.
4: Yeah, so we're told, you know, Jesus tells us why, why does he speak in parables and that's verses uh, 34 and 35. And then we get the explanation of the terrors in verses 36 through 43. And as you and I have worked through preparing to talk about, okay, so we're going to talk about these two parables at this point, And then we're going to talk about these next four parables. I kept looking at the fact that we were avoiding the center of this chiasm, like this is quite clearly, it's, and it's a little different chiasm because some chiasms are are based upon, <coughs> uh, you know, let's say there's a word used seven times. And so you look at the center use of that word and you so you have three at the front end, you got three in the back end. Mm-hmm. Those are the two bookends and right in the center is that seventh time. That's the middle. And so you look, But in this case, there's no center word. There's no center phrase. It's just this section of of why and why Jesus is speaking parables and the explanation of the parable. And it's already we we've already been told why he's telling parables, and we've already heard an explanation of a parable. So, what is he doing different here? Yep. in the why and the explanation.
0: And Matthew is structuring his gospel to emphasize this for some reason.
4: Yeah. And so when I looked at this, the first time Jesus uh, tells why parables, he references um, I, Isaiah chapter 6. And it's this idea that that um, the people of God aren't ready to hear and ready to do something with with, uh, the Word of God, which is really what the very first parable is about, right?
3: Mm
4: -hmm. You know, what's the soil of your heart? This second parable... um, the second why he speaks in parables, the second time we're told why he's speaking in parables. Um, Jesus says, I will open my mouth in parable. Um, Or, no, Matthew says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. And so um, Matthew's actually providing commentary here, I believe. He's giving you commentary, hey, this was to fulfill what the prophet said. Where was the prophet saying this? Well, you have to go back to Psalm 78. It says, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So both of those phrases are connected to what Matthew says in Matthew 13, which we have... ...which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praise of the Lord, and his strength and his wondrous works, which he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born." so that they may arise and tell them to their children. So Matthew is saying that Jesus is telling parables because he wants the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that to do something, to live differently. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a problem with that. Because some of the people of Jesus' time had this, what we what we call a two-part eschatology, two-part eschatological view, and John the Baptist was one of them, and Logan wants you to describe that for us. <coughs>
0: sure.
1: Before you do that, yeah. I think it might be important for you to define eschatology. I was...
0: Hmm, we are on the same page there. So eschatology is referring to end times theology. Uh, that would be your there's, there's uh, the, the, the last times or the ending of something, and you're, you're going to have eschatolo- eschatological views within every religion. Um, so Ju- there's Jewish eschatology, there's Christian eschatology. You might be familiar with, like, a preterist view or a historicalist, or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of Christian ones, variations on a theme. You can fall down a Wikipedia rabbit hole on this one. It's fascinating. Um, So what we're talking here about is uh, eschatology views in the time of Jesus. Um, And a common one, there was a common two-part eschatology view. You had the, the the current times, the times that are now, and then you had the age that is to come. So the age that we are in and the age that is to come. And the idea was that we are in this current age, and then Messiah will come. So we're cruising right along in this current age, and then boom, Messiah appears. Hard stop. Messiah arrives, and brings about the new age, the age that is to come. Now, John, the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist is—it's—it's uh, it's fairly clear that he's got a two-part eschatology that he is functioning off of Um, (coughs) certain phrases that he says, uh, like the ax is at the root of the tree, right? Yep. Things that he's talking about, like this is, this is all bringing about imagery of the age that is to come, like Messiah is going to bring about the end of this age and the age that is to come will be, will be coming. And, and we see that in his interaction with Jesus uh, when he, he sends his disciples John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus and says, you know, kind of asking, like, are you who you say you are? Mm-hmm. And, and John is functioning off of this two-part eschatology that the age—Messiah is supposed to end the, all this suffering and badness, and then it should start anew. Um, and there's some fascinating stuff there uh Jesus mentioned, you know, he forgets to mention, he quotes he quotes this thing but he forgets to mention that uh, the captives will be set free. Does he forget to mention it? Or is he providing commentary for John the Baptist who is currently a captive and is mm-hmm. about to lose his life? Um Oh shoot. You, yeah. That's kind of cool. There you go. So you can go look that one up. Um there's some cool stuff going on in that story. <coughs> But that's all just to set groundwork for this two-part eschatology. Jesus is functioning with a what I think is pretty clearly a three-part um, eschatology, and I, I got that from my from a boy, Marty. Um, we will
4: link to an article that you could take a look and read.
0: Yeah, but post, uh, not article, not technically an article, but blog post. A blog post. Uh, with with some teaching on on that from Marty um, that has some helpful pictures. So if you want to uh, go check that out, that might, that might be worth your time. But Jesus is functioning off of a three part eschatology,
3: <coughs>
0: which I'm going to try to describe. We are going to attempt to describe with some fat uh, fantastic imagery here for you. Mm, tasty uh, to understand. Tasty imagery. Tasty imagery. Um, So instead of it being, uh, imagine we have two flavors of ice cream.
1: I like ice cream.
0: Right. (laughs) We have vanilla, which is the age that we are in. Okay. And chocolate, which is the age that is to come. Mm -hmm. The good stuff. I I did that in that order just so that I didn't have to fight with Rob. uh, Because I know he (laughs) likes chocolate more. (laughs) (laughs) So in two-part eschatology. You would have, it's like a, a push pop. Where you've got a a a a distinct dividing line, or you've got two bowls of ice cream, right? You eat
4: one bowl, and then the next. And then you eat
0: the next bowl. Mm -hmm. Never the two. Like there is a distinct divider between those two.
1: Mm -hmm. Can't have your food touch.
0: Can't. Yeah. It's a it's a school lunch tray divider system of of separating the ice creams. Now, the three part eschatology says yes, we are in the age of vanilla. Right? We are in the age that is. We are in the age of vanilla. And at some point, Messiah shows up. And at that point, chocolate starts appearing. Maybe it starts off very small. Like a seed. Like a mustard seed, maybe. <laughs> it starts off very small and it slowly begins to grow and take up a larger percentage. And so imagine with me, the chocolate is slowly, it's a now a Neapolitan kind of. Without it's the a strawberry. A Without the strawberry. It's, it's a, a swirl. Twist. It's a chocolate twist. And slowly it's becoming more and more chocolatey goodness. The kingdom, the goodness, the age that is to come is growing. Now, there is still a mixture of the age that is and the age that is to come. So we have the mixture of maybe the goodness and the badness. If you aren't connecting all of these parables to this by this point, go back and listen to the whole series because you weren't paying attention. You heard him.
4: Like, they're side by they're, side. They're
0: coexisting, and slowly the chocolate is taking over, and Rob is becoming more and more happy with the kingdom advancing. Um, because we all want... And, and, and at some point... At the end of the age. At the end of... There is, the, there is an end of the age that we are in. Like, the vanilla comes to an end, and there is no more vanilla, and you are left with only chocolatey goodness.
4: Now Marty's blog has a little different picture, but we use this picture because we figured it was, it was something you could picture in your mind a yeah. little bit
0: easier. He's got a nice little diagram. Yeah, he's so trying. It's, a, like it's kind of fantastic. Diagram, yeah. uh, but it's way better with. Uh, I'm really, t- I'm really quite tickled how well this this ice cream it analogy works. Really like, well, and I fantastic. just want to
2: go to Deir- or, uh, <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins after the footnotes. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right.
4: So back to Psalm seventy-eight. <laughs>
2: So Rob's not coming for ice cream. Because
4: because that generation to come might know, and even the children yet to be born, Jesus is clearly saying, He's referencing back to this Psalm 78, this prophetic passage, and is saying, We're not done here. We are we are not done here. God is still doing something. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll go with ice cream.
3: But only if it's chocolate.
0: <laughs> <coughs> that was fantastic. No, you're you're completely correct. And the other the other aspect of this um, that I think is a, an important distinction with that two part eschatology. You're, it, you you survive the current age. Messiah shows up, mm-hmm. boom, does all the heavy lifting, and all of a sudden you just are in this new age, the age that is to come. You're just there, and you just get to reap the benefits of it. Which is fantastic.
2: It sounds really nice.
0: Sounds. And let's be honest, most of us want that.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Right? And Christianity, a lot of times, I think we try to paint a picture of that. Of like, you accept Jesus and then it'll be great. And then then you realize, wait, (laughs) there's a whole lot of work to be done in my life. Like, it's not like everything is sunshine and daisies after that salvation moment, maybe yeah it, there's I still think, work to be done.
4: I think Christians oftentimes live within that two-part eschatology or or the, their own version of it, like sure. Um, like we're waiting for for Christ to come and we're just going to survive this moment,
0: and it it shifts your perspective when you realize that we have to coexist, the wheat and the tares. like mm-hmm. you are a piece of wheat in a field full of tares. What are you going to do with that, which points us back to that first parable what type of soil are you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your soil? So that's the why mm. part.
4: If we're correct in this, then there should be some something within the um, explanation of the parable that will... Lend to this as well. Like it, it's not just going to show up in the why, because the why yep. and the explanation are both in the center of this chiasm. If you remember they the diagram be we've been showing you on Sundays, it's been in your in your bulletin. But um, <clears throat> towards the end of. The tears ex- being explained in verse forty three says, "Then the righteous will shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear." And this is something that gets added to the explanation. It's, 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 it's a deviation from the first time Jesus explains the parable, because he adds some things to the parable. And so, going okay, so. Where is that connected to? And that word, to shine, in the Greek, shows up in the uh, Greek Septuagint only three times. One of those in Daniel 12, the last chapter of Daniel, which Hmm. has esological implications, and it says this, "...those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness..." Oh, shoot. Like the stars forever and ever.
3: Mm.
4: Speaking that's, to the work that we have to do, that
1: we're not just here just to survive. That's good,
3: that's good stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I needed to tie this whole sermon series together right there. Oh, Let me. I'm going to internalize for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he looks so happy. He's I'm going to describe serene.
0: this. Kyle it's is like, looking, it's like gazing eating, off the
3: like to the upper the It's like getting to the
4: chocolate part of this,
1: <laughs> of this
0: swirl. He has found
1: his chocolate in the swirl. Mm, he's
3: I, a
0: happy okay, Kyle.
1: I'll, I'll, I'm going to be upfront and honest here. <laughs> this past two weeks, I've been a little bit confused. There's been a whole lot of talk about how great this is going, these great <laughs> sermons, and I've been like, oh, man, I'm not seeing it. I don't know about that. But that right there. Bam, I don't know if you could hear the snap, but I snapped. <laughs> Oof. it's good stuff. That that it. ties everything together so nicely. The van the, the chocolate has to work to convert the vanilla. They have to oh there's work to be done. Oh man. I really like it now. I really, really like it. I gotta go listen to them again, I think.
0: <laughs> oh, that was beautiful.
1: Oh
0: that's wonderful. Man, that just made my day. I I was wondering if that might do it. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> Suspicion's confirmed. <sighs> oh, man. Yeah. So there's a... Uh, yeah, because that, that's the... We want to, with the two part, it's going to be done, and then you just get to reap the benefits. But the three part, there is this... There is work to be done. You have to... It It is our job to usher about and bring about the kingdom and saturate the rest of the world with the kingdom and let that mustard seed continue to grow until the vanilla is no more. Yep.
1: So here's a thought question just because I enjoy it. Okay. Was there work to be done when it was all vanilla or did the work begin when the chocolate arrived? <coughs> such say, a
0: fantastic question.
1: Was there, was there, was life a passive devotion to God before Jesus came, and now is this active devotion?
0: Or was there, active or has it was it
1: has it always been active?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I what I hear you what I hear you saying is you're connecting this. Um, our word picture about the, the vanilla and the chocolate swirl to the, to the tears. Like, like it was all evil before and now it's a mixture of evil and good. Is that, is that what you're picturing here?
1: Well, not, I don't know if there was, I suppose so, but like, I think to say all evil is abrupt more to say there was no distinction between good and evil.
2: If well,
0: there's, it, Go ahead.
2: I'm just thinking like for Gentiles, it was van- always going to be vanilla until Jesus came. Because
4: we were separate.
2: We yep. were separate. So when Jesus came on the scene and said Gentiles get to be a part of the chosen nation is when we get to experience that chocolate ice cream.
4: Yeah, so we were we were foreigners. We were excluded from the promises of God, and and so I think it's um, from the larger for for some people. I think yes, the it was passive. Those who were not in this, everybody who's ever connected to God into this active relationship has been invited in. Person by person by person. Uh, real life uh, in Moscow has this tagline: "One person at a time." Mm-hmm. That's where we stole it from. And so, um, yeah. so for the people of Israel, you know, like when you look at David, King David, he's not being passive; he's being active. He's actively engaging God, and yeah. and we have some of the scriptures because of him. Um, but you. Up to the time of Christ, I think you see these singular individuals that have this active relationship, but most everybody else has this really
0: very passive mm-hmm. splotches of chocolate,
4: mm-hmm.
0: small little seedlings, flecks mm-hmm. of of chocolate.
1: It's the little black spots in the vanilla ice cream. Ooh, vanilla like, you <laughs> know how there's like black spots, the vanilla mm, yeah. beans. Yeah. Oh, without yeah. those are? Yeah. Oh, you no way, vanilla bean. I just call them little yeah. black spots in the vanilla ice cream. Yeah. If they're
4: not vanilla <laughs> bean, you probably don't want to eat it. Yeah. 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 If, they're, if they're not... <laughs> <laughs> mm.
1: Yikes.
2: That's not good.
1: <clears throat> Interesting.
2: Well, and I think to clarify my thought, like if you were an Israelite, you probably had a little bit more chocolate swirled in pre-Christ. Yeah. But if you were a Gentile, then... You it was vanilla.
4: Unless you were a God-fearer, someone who adopted right. the Jewish faith yeah. as a Gentile.
2: But, but by and large.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I think before, there's always been a thread of chocolate. That's God trying to put the world back together. Okay.
2: Like a blue thread in a white tassel? <laughs>
0: exactly. So there, there is there, but it, it's certainly... I think it, it came to a point with Christ where... The floodgate was open then, and that's what we, that's what we see occurring yeah. there. And so, you know.
4: That's a great question.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with one more thing.
3: <coughs>
0: just a, a fantastic little story that we've talked about before, so we can just briefly r- remind ourselves of it. Uh, a brief little remez from our story of the leaven. Little bit of just working a little sin into the bread, mm-hmm. which is still fantastic to me.
3: But
4: <laughs> yeah, and, and you could, uh, if, if you want to catch up on this story and, and listen to a, a larger conversation, to that you could go back to our Abraham and Strangers uh, sermon back last May 24th. I'll link that one in the show notes for you. And so we talked about sacrificial generosity, and uh, th- that would be a, a great sermon to review. But in uh, Genesis 18. Um,
0: we get a story that involves some bread.
4: We get, yeah, we get a story. It's a story of a lovely lady. Um, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so in Genesis 17. Um, Abraham is circumcised. Yep. And the very next thing that happened, it says, Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. Just chilling. Just chilling and recovering. He's chilling and recovering. Um, we are told that the that it is the Lord who shows up Rabbis believe that he doesn't know. Doesn't know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that we know after the fact who this is um, doesn't mean that Abraham knows at that moment. Yep. And uh, he he sees these guys. He runs to them and he bows himself to the earth. And verse three it says, "My Lord, now if I have found favor in your sight." And that word for Lord is not the same word. As um in verse one when says the Lord appeared to him. It's a it's a just a sign, it's like saying sir. sir. Mm-hmm. So it's a different word. If I have found no favor
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> If I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, and I'll bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that you may go on, since you have visited your servant, and they said, so do as you have said. Verse 6, so Abraham hurried into the tent. Remember, he just... Once
0: again, hurrying. Patriarchs don't hurry, especially patriarchs that just got circumcised. And uh, so (laughs) circumcised, Abraham
4: hurries into the tent to Sarah and said quickly prepare 3 measures of fine flour just a needed, small morsel and make bread cakes and th- how many pounds 60 60 I've done this math a pounds. couple of times
0: it is at least 60 pounds of fine flour that's like the good stuff
1: that's I, a few pounds
4: i thought about having 60 pounds of bread here sunday morning for the
0: sermon
2: oh dang it
0: Dude, well, see, no, because I, I did... Well, okay, so that's if you're making like a pound cake. But even then, that would be 120 pounds of bread because it's like a pound yeah. of butter and a pound of flour, right? So each pound of would come up with two pounds of... It, it, it's a s- stupid amount of uh, I bread. I thought,
4: it, when I realized that the generosity wasn't the piece that God wanted me to focus in on, uh, that's when I decided not to go to the store and just... Mm-hmm. I was gonna buy that much bread and then donate it to the uh,
0: food Ky- bank. Oh. Oh. I, I thought, thought you were gonna,
4: gonna say fantastic. Kyle Fund. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know. Well, you know. After well, the peanut bread, butter can...
0: fiasco last semester, we do know that Kyle doesn't have enough bread.
2: That's absolutely very.
0: True. There's a little throwback to the Marco Polo.
2: <laughs> he doesn't like. Kyle's either. triggered.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: He's almost as triggered as he was Sunday when I mentioned Uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, gosh. Oh, yikes. Providing some advice. Just trying to help. I just just want to to make sure that Valentine's Day number one went, like, especially well for you. He's looking out for
0: you. You know, I appreciate it. Just looking out for you. (laughs) I was just stoked that I didn't get thrown under the bus. (laughs) It was fantastic. Anyway. (sighs) Jens, how does it feel to dodge that bullet?
2: Uh, I've been doing it forever, so I'm good. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: felt like a Neo, just <laughs> swaying in the breeze, stopping the bullets in midair. Fantastic. I was just going to recommend to you to have waterproof
4: Valentine's cards. Yeah, there
0: it
3: is. That's Me and my sad. beta fish.
1: Oh, that's oh I thought you were going to cry. <laughs> and that's why you need waterproof <laughs> I cards. You were There's a make, lot of ways you could take that. You
2: were going <laughs> to make girls cry? Like, like no. That.
4: No. That's where that was. Yes, here go. This
0: is anyway. a picture. This is one of those... Uh, this is a story that if you hear bread, you hear leaven, you're either going to connect it with sin, which they probably would have, or you're going to be thinking about making bread. What's a story that involves making bread? Ah, uh, Sarah, making a billion loaves of bread. Yeah, That's so...
4: and and for the for the Hebrew mind, this is the the story about what it means to be generous to the stranger
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah defining story of of generosity and hospitality. This is the yeah story
2: it just makes me wonder like mm-hmm. what did Abraham see in these three men to make him like one get up from recovery and like go, all right, we need to give them the best of the best of the best. Like, like.
0: Or was that just who he was?
3: Ooh. All right.
2: Interesting.
0: Incredible hospitality. It, From what I have heard, I haven't experienced this, but from what I have heard, it permeates those cultures. I say those because it's both the Hebrew culture... And the uh, Aramaic Arab culture of you've got Ishmael and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Both of their lineages, hospitality is a big deal in those cultures. Fascinating. Because Marty they was are in, sons of Abraham.
4: Marty was uh, in Israel with the group, and the guide took Marty and his group. Out and they saw the sh- the shepherd boy. Uh, he was um, Arab, Palestinian, mm-hmm. and that boy shared his lunch with the group. There was no Seven Eleven around the corner. That was everything that he had to eat.
2: Yeah,
4: and it's just what they do. Yeah. Here's American Christians who have vastly different theological you know bents. Mhm. Mhm. Um and yet he didn't like can never even it's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I uh, remember being in Africa and we were in this small village town and they made this huge spread of food for us which probably was like a week worth of their food and they like made sure we were all able to eat and they like it was their meal for the day and they all like disappeared so that the Americans could eat it was like the most humbling thing because there wasn't enough food for them to eat but they wanted to make sure we were taken care of so like That level of generosity of making sure your visitors are taken care of was
3: Uh very
2: much. I could see that. Yeah,
4: both for the both in Islam Mm -hmm. and in Judaism, they all connect that back to the story.
2: Interesting. Okay.
4: Of Abraham with the three strangers. So there you go.
0: Which is a important facet of our sacrificial generosity. Mm-hmm. Hospitality plays into that. Not the entire story. It's a big part of it, though. So, there you go. That's a uh, fun little remez mm-hmm. from this one. It's a good one. Which, once again, if you're tying this to what type of soil are you, Jesus is dropping a teaching here that might throw us back to Is this the? Are you a hospitable type of soil?
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Here's all of these point back to ways that you can improve that type of soil that you are. Yeah, but again,
4: this is how generous God is to you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Abraham is this generous because of his God. Mm -hmm. But this is how generous your God is towards you, can you handle that? Will you believe that? Will you accept that? Will you live your life as if your God is that generous towards you? Yeah. You
0: person of leaven. Are you going to live in a manner that reflects that? Yeah. You
4: person of leaven, you person who deal with sin, you person... You person who struggles to get it right, God is still going to be that generous towards you.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Will you accept him as a generous God? The God he is in reality, not the God you make him out to be because of your poor choices, your mistakes,
0: or your self doubt. Absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is some tasty footnote goodness. Wow. I think we should add cool sound effects to footnotes. I've I've voiced this concern a few times to Logan. Uh I am not in disagreement. I I I mean I'm also point. on team intro song to the intro song, so Intro song to the intro song. it's like just
0: cause you didn't know we had an
1: intro yeah, song. Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if we started every episode? I went okay. This is a poll for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You can respond to the poll either via text to Logan, but preferably to email at (laughs) missionridge.church. Now, would it be cool if every episode of Footnotes we said, footnotes, not necessarily that, (laughs) not necessarily that tune. (laughs) Not necessarily that tune. We could work on the tune, but like, it'd be like intro bump music. And then instead of Logan saying, hello, and (laughs) welcome to another episode of Footnotes, today we got the... It would be... Footnotes! And then, hello, and welcome to Footnotes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need to try it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and let me know if that's what you want (laughs) to (laughs) hear. Not necessarily that tune, because I feel like it might be copyrighted. But (laughs) we'll work on it. I'll brainstorm. (laughs) Just an intro to the intro.
3: Oh, my goodness. Wow.
0: I don't. I have nothing else to add to that. Let us know.
4: Y'all have a great week. <laughs>
0: go
1: get you some ice cream. <laughs> Y'all go get some ice cream because <laughs> that's
4: what
2: we're going to do.
3: <laughs> Peace.
0: Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes. That won't be the Easter egg.
3: (laughs) Please. No.
4: (laughs) You could pray for your pastors. (laughs) (laughs) you <laughs>